On this episode of Regular Investor, Jake the Stock Guy podcast, I interview GAA Options, also known as George. This episode is made possible by Jake the Stock Guy Options Educational Group. Visit jakethestockguy.com to sign up today. Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch. Welcome everyone to Regular Investor, Jake the Stock Guy podcast. My name is Garrison Smith, one of the pro traders, part of the Jake the Stock Guys trading group. We have a very special guest today, George, also known as GAA Options on Twitter. Jake, are you excited for this one? Man, I'm so excited. I live for this stuff. I can't wait to talk to Mr. George, a.k.a. GAA Options, about uh, options, you know? And go ahead and and go ahead and introduce yourself, George. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you a million times for having me on here. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing more than I love than talking about stocks and uh, especially with like-minded people. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, my name is George. I'm not that old, so, you know, I'm in my 20s. Um, I've been uh, doing full-time trading for now two and a half years. Uh, I've been into the stock market maybe a little over three years. And uh, Thank you, GA. Yeah, it's been quite a Yeah, usually, usually I like to do start off with a little bit of what's your favorite color, you know, what – where you're from, what's your background, like, how'd you grow up? Were you rich? Were you yeah, poor? Of what was your background like kind of growing up and getting into, you know, the market? Um, all right. So actually, I'm from Jordan. So my, you know, my uh, background wasn't wealthy at all. Like, it's, it's a third world country. And uh, when uh, we finally moved here to the U.S., I actually pursued medicine and chemistry. So I went into college. Um, went into chemistry, tried to get my PhD in atmospheric chemistry, ended up dropping out. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, I, I never expected I would go into the stock market. It was actually uh, when I was working in college, I was a personal trainer and one of my clients, you know, brought up the stock market, the stock market and mentioned how um, his brother made a killing off of contracts. And at the time I was solely into uh, commons. I, I had no clue what options were and all that. <laughs> so I, I do yeah. relate to you on that. I, I exactly the same major. Um, I'm a sophomore in college right now at university in central Florida. And I went into chemistry at the beginning pursuing medicine. I quickly changed my major because I found that options were the thing for me and I wanted to pursue finance. Yeah. I wish I uh, realized that sooner while I was in college, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Like around what around what time would you say that you started? To, I mean, did you have a did you have a like a one trade that you really just remember that really gave you that like, oh my god, this is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life? Or, or or was there one trade where you lost a lot of money and you were like, whoa, never? That's the biggest lesson I'll ever learn. Oh yeah, the only trades that I remember are the ones that I lose in. So um, actually, hundred percent. My most memorable. Uh, losses were when I started getting into contracts and options and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't have much savings. My entire, 
you know, savings up to that point was only 10. What was your portfolio back then? I just straight up put all my savings. So it was 10,000 from the get go. And I managed to go ahead and burn through 6,000 within two weeks. So that was the point where I decided, okay, now I need to, you know, dig a little bit deeper and not pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. So it was just, you know, a moment of scarring myself from hefty losses, especially when, you know, I wasn't financially uh, well off. So that money, like a lot of people, you know, play around with 6,000 with contracts, like it's nothing, but like at the time, 6,000 meant, you know, the world to me. So, you know, that just uh, gave me a little bit of drive to go ahead and discover Twitter and uh, try to find myself some mentors and uh, see how others play and see how I can, you know, tweak it a little bit to better fit my emotional mindset. Yeah. What would you say were the, the biggest uh, causes of the, that $6,000 losses? Was it like position sizing? Was it risk management? Was it uh, too far out of the money call, uh, strike prices? Oh, or holding overnight started, on weeklies? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, when it came down to weeklies, I, I never took weeklies when I started. However, um, you know, I wasn't, again, I wasn't that knowledgeable with contracts. So I did end up taking far out of the money contracts. And I would, you know, I, I didn't, I had no exit strategy. So I would see some green, but I would never take it out because I would say, okay, I can make a little bit more. You know, my client's brother made this much. Why should I take 10, 15% here? So, and then when you go into the red, all you want to do is average down and add on to that position so you can hopefully exit green after. So it was it was definitely a combination of poor risk management and lack of technical analysis. That's what I would say my number my number two problems were when I started out uh, with options. So what are some like tips that you could give um, new traders that are starting off? And you obviously you don't want to blow an account. So like, what can you do to prevent that? The first thing you got to do is identify your weakness. Now, I, you know, I, I might seem like I have a, a big ego when it comes to Twitter and all that stuff, but I realize I have so many weaknesses when it comes to trading way more than any other uh, you know, furu or whatever they're called on Twitter. So what I like to do is I like to play around my weaknesses. You know, I'm a very emotional trader. So once I'm in a trade, I tend to look at the chart over and over and then change the time frames and end up saying, okay, well, now I see something different on this time frame. Let me like exit and like flip positions, all that stuff. So for me, what I do now is once I have a plan, I'm fully confident in my play style right now, so that helps. But once I have a plan and I enter, I go ahead and close my broker and I'll open it up every maybe 20 minutes or so. I mean, if the play hasn't come to fruition for day trading within 20 minutes, then it's most likely not going to happen unless you get a little bit of a news bump. But if I can go through those 20 minutes and go into the green, then I know the position is working and I don't have to stop myself out. I'll either move my stops up or, you know, switch to a time frame that gives me indication of continuation of my play. So definitely identify your weaknesses and play around them. You don't have to fix them. Not every trader is going to be, you know, affluent in everything. Just avoid what you're bad at and specialize 
what you're good at. Yeah, I think a lot of new traders are definitely emotional. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, we can, uh, if you, for those who are listening, you know, and taking notes, if you, 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 we can tell you this, we can tell you this, and you can intellectually understand it. You know, the, 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 the you know, the big, you know, the, the big sins, you know, don't do that. Right. Like averaging down on a loser. That's probably one of my biggest problems I had in the beginning was like averaging down on losers and, and, and having bigger losses. And I could have just stopped out, you know, 50%, my original size. And, uh, people are so afraid to lose money. They, 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 they strangle their own, their own, uh, their own trade idea with having a, a stop loss too tight on weekly expiration options. If you're a scalper, you got to give room for those options to breathe while they're wait, working their way in either direction to your targets. And like what you said, GAA, I love that. You said have a plan and just execute on that plan like ice cold, ice cold, no emotions. And one thing I've realized that really helps uh, me managing my emotions because i agree with you i'm a very emotional trader is risk management the smaller the contract the smaller the position if you got a one to two percent uh your portfolio position size you're not panicking like if you're panicking in a trade like you've already fucked up you're already in too big of a position this relates to like today and um fomc meeting wednesday january 26th and um you're talking about sticking to a plan. I've seen so many people today um, see a spike and then they sell. And then literally five seconds later, it plummets. I mean, like, what what did you um, look for today? What was your plan and how did you stick to it and not sell, not paper hand, keep your risk under control? Oh, I fumbled the shit out of the ball today, actually. Um, I originally did have a plan. That's why I, uh, I mentioned what I did. Um, I had a plan. I went ahead and posted it to my members. You know, we had our conditions. Um, so I use moving averages on everything. And I believe moving averages are the best indicator for day traders if you know how to use them right, of course. And I know like half of Twitter are super against moving averages. And, you know, no, no, that's good. I want to get into that. What are some technical indicators you use? Actually, thanks for saying that because it reminded me to ask you. To, I wanted to learn a little bit about the golden. Um, uh, trigger method. If you want to share a little bit about that, I don't know if that's exclusive uh, to like a, a course. Yeah. Um, no, that's actually completely free. Yeah, that's actually completely free in my Discord. All my education, like all my play styles, are explained 100% for free. So if you know people don't have access to the premium Discord, they still have the discord channels of educational info they can learn from and, you know, trade for themselves. That's something that I sought out to always have been for the public, but going to moving averages before I go into that, I just want to say, um, so today we had our plan, our blueprint for spy fully mapped out. We had the 50 minute chart extended hours on always extended hours on for day trading. We had the 15 minute chart and we had our levels to go long at, so long as we had a body candle close over our uh, 442.2, I believe the exact level was. Um, if you went ahead and drew out those uh, resistance lines right on the candle bodies themselves on the 15-minute chart today. So if you notice, we never 
closed over even with the fomc meeting we've never we didn't close over that level we had a huge candle wick and then we got rejected back down now we had confirmation of downside once we broke the 50 ma which acted as clear clear support not only during intraday but during pre-market that's why i always have extended hours on i like to see as many points of confirmation or confluence as possible so we knew the 50 ma was going to be the support again if you go ahead and take a look at what happened today as soon as the 50 ma was lost closed under it with a candle body the market just flushed right down now i could have played that perfectly however we were all too eager for the fomc meeting and then we decided you know what whatever we're gonna go mm -hmm. ahead and go into it you know a minute before like we can yeah. a little bit guess the direction. So we're going to go ahead and do puts. Of course, we did puts. Giant wick candle exactly. up. So many people today. I due see. Due to emotion, I completely forgot my plan. It's all about candle body over. The second I saw that first one-minute candle, I exited for a loss. And of course, if I went ahead and just stuck to my plan and just stuck through it, it would have been a 200% winner. But unfortunately, yeah. Yo, that's so funny. Oh my God, man. I totally relate with you. You know, the last three FOM, FOMC meetings, uh, uh, I bought a strangle. So I bought uh, spy calls a dollar to $2 out of the money and spy puts a dollar to $2 out of the money. My logic was one of them is going to go to zero. One of them is going to go to a thousand percent. The last three times it worked. And, 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 but I, but I was too emotional. You know, I, I'm up a hundred, 200 percent and I'm like, okay, I sell. And then just to see it go another 700, 800% more. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to watch it. I'm just going to believe in my trade idea, trust my trade idea, my plan. I'm going to buy, you know, two bucks out of the money each direction, spy strangle, close my brokerage account and just walk away, open it up at 359 and sell. And that's what I did. And, you know, this time it wasn't a thousand percent, but it was 200%. So, I mean, on the strangle itself, it was only about a 50% return. So what are you going to do? But last couple of times it worked. So it was good to kind of like not, it's, it's tough guys. If you're listening and you're, and you're listening on the podcast, if you're going to sit there in front of the, the desk and watch every little single minute candle on the one minute, it's tough to like market makers and algorithms. They're very sophisticated. So what they do is they kind of toy with you psychologically and they trick you to sell. By, by manipulating the price action, right? So if you're not watching it and you have a plan set in place and maybe an alert to trigger and tell you when it hits a certain price, then you can open it and close your position. But watching it minute by minute, candle by candle, you're very likely to do something because, well, first of all, it, it's hard to have that patience and wait for your targets. You kind of get a little antsy sitting and watching, when, especially when you're in the green, you know, that's but the thing is, it's just because I'm up 100 or 50 percent, 100 percent, you shouldn't sell. You should really uh, strive for re re uh, waiting for your targets. I've left more money on the table trading. And I don't know if you guys can relate to this by not holding to my targets than I have uh, panic selling just because I was up 50, right, 100 percent. Right. And I've left just going back to something you said earlier when you said this time for this FOMC meeting, you remembered you know, how you fumbled it last time and you went ahead and, you know, fixed the issues. There's no greater feeling than doing something like that and seeing your 
you know, your discipline pay off. And those are the moments that like, help you identify what your true trading style is. Because once you see that working, all you have to do is test that strategy one or two more times. You get that, then you have a working strategy that works best for you that you can just stick to. So pretty cool. Nice. What, what other indicators do you like to use, George? in your trading. Uh, I, I heard you like to use the 15 minute time frame, and you, you're, you're big, you're, you're big yeah, on the Yeah, so candles, I like to keep everything as simple as candles. possible. Uh, recently, we noticed that, you know, utilizing simple resistance and support levels and taking options on the breaks or options on the retest, yada, yada, that, that's not working so well anymore. So right now, what we're doing is I'm sticking solely to uh, moving averages as my indicators, a hundred percent moving averages. That's all I use on the fifth. Yeah. Are you on, on the fifteen minute? Now, are you only focusing on indexes like SPY, SPX, you know, QQQs, or or will you uh, look for? Do you have a particular uh, formula or strategy that yeah, that, so that's helped you gain an edge in the market? I notice personally when we chop, I like to trade indexes. I, I stick to SPY. I've been this week actually every single trade was SPY. Um, however, when we have trend days, when we have a little bit of a, a range day on the indexes, a tight range, then I'll go ahead and you know scan my watch list for. Stocks that are either showing relative strength or relative weaknesses and, you know, play with respect to them. But, you know, right now, currently, it's been primarily indexes. Yeah, that seems to be what the market is calling for. Um, Do you have any predictions, George, as far as uh, where SPY is headed? I mean, I know it's just a prediction, but what are your thoughts on, like, moving forward with with SPY going into, like, this tech ERC, uh, you know, this big season or earnings season? And just overall trends and ideas you have for levels. Uh, do you have an idea where the bottom is for SPY? Because I do think this might be just right. a little bit so of a Right. So the thing about me is I am 100% a day trader. I acknowledge that, you know, my swing analysis is garbage. And that's why I play around it. Um, but right now, my predictions, I can only, <laughs> only give you on the day of during pre-market. So We've learned how to um, identify the direction of indexes purely through pre-market. If if you see moving averages respecting perfectly during open market, then I'll be like, okay, the second we break this moving average in the open market, then I have 100% confirmed direction. And for the past month, that's been the case 100% of the time. We backtest everything. That's been the case 100% of the time. So... As far as directions going to the future, I have no idea. If you ask me on the day of during pre-market, I could give you an answer. Yeah, actually, that's actually a lot of what what, what I do too. How I pick my, I don't. I'm a day trader as well. I don't swing trade. Uh, I can agree with you. I never really made any money swing trading. It just. You know, and then you got to go out three or four months and you're tying up money. And if you have a small account, yeah, exactly. it, it never exactly. made sense to me to tie up money like that for that long. Uh, you got, you know, you're watching the order flow and you're seeing these big orders come in. These guys are playing with hundred mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, 
of course they can swing trade like no problem they they, they <laughs> it, to them you know 15 percent on you know five million that's a lot you know 20 percent. that's that's real money but when you've got a ten thousand dollar account and then you, you're in five swing trade or um you're, say you're in 10 swing trades with $1,000 a piece and you're, you've got 15% return, you're never going to make this a career or, or a, a living or, or, you know, survive off of it, you know. So I think most people should be day traders, you know. I don't see the point of oh, yeah. uh, and the, swing the thing trading is, a lot of people don't even know personally. that most of these, you know, unusual flows, they end up cashing out at 10 15%. So people see them and they don't see a... 50 to 100% return. They're like, oh, these, uh, this order just went red. They just lost so much money. No, they 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 definitely did not. So that's a thing about uh, flow. And that's why I just personally don't use flow <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Not one bit. Not one bit. No, I never, ever at once made money on flow. I maybe made one, like one or two times, but like literally one out of 20 times it'll work. And then the other 19 times it doesn't work. But people just keep going back to the flow order flow because they think that it it's like some magical secret and it's just it's too it's too inconsistent you, you never know if those are actually sellers of calls or puts you know what i mean especially if they're mm -hmm. out of the money those could just be people uh, uh selling the calls or selling the puts to collect your premiums and you're over there chasing it thinking it's a naked call or a naked put which institutions and big boys don't really even play they usually play options as a hedge or they sell the calls or sell the puts to, to collect your pre premium because I'm a firm believer in the algo algos and market makers. They can manipulate price action and they can uh, artificially drop the IV, the implied volatility, and 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 keep a stock in, in a range while while sucking out your premiums. It's the sneakiest stuff, man. It's the sneakiest behind the stuff behind the scenes stuff that these you know Wall Street guys are good at. But so, yeah, no, no order flow for me, period. Never worked. Good congratulations if it works for you, you know. Well, you know, bravo, but yeah, not for me. Day trading all the day and just, you, like you said earlier, support resistance, uh, price action. It's nothing really, it's nothing beats that, you know, because that's, that's what's happening. But for, okay, one last thing I was going to say about my formula is I look for large cap stocks that are that large caps no mid i don't trade mid caps i don't trade small caps um some people i talk to they, they got into trading with penny stocks uh ross cameron of warrior trading or timothy sykes of uh whatever his his deal is but yeah i'll scan pre-market find a large cap stock that's got an upgrade but not just any upgrade it's got to be a reputable upgrade you know, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Barclays, Citigroup, so on and so forth. But yeah, if I've never heard of the if I've never heard of the firm that's giving it an upgrade and analysis, then I, I don't touch it. Um, yeah, I think SPY is great to day trade on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays because it has same day expiration options. If you're taking notes, remember that. Um, other than that, I'll just scan for the usually an earnings winner or a large cap that's got an upgrade. And then just draw simple historical support resistance lines and get an at the money or just out of the money strike price. And uh, the breaks, the breaks of pre-market high haven't been working that well lately, but I have been noticing the gap window fills or dip to support is always a good entry. It's a safer, it's a, it's, 
it's better to play that. I think it's safer than the break of pre-market high. On your site, and then like I'm curious about the third one, trigger that rule. I mean, there's a lot of rules that come with day trading. So like, just explain to like the listeners um, the rules they should keep in mind and always follow and never break. Right. So the Ten Commandments of trading are primarily there for people that don't, you know, have their emotions in check. For example, I will, you know, during last year's market, the whole watch list thing was all over the place and, you know, take calls over this, put so below that, yada, yada. But a lot of people will want to front run these levels and don't understand that bounces can happen first and foremost. Second of all, candle wicks can fake out these levels 24-7. So it's just primarily get confirmation. Don't be so hasty to get into a play because you want to make 10 more dollars on a contract. Who cares if it's you know $10, $20 more expensive if you're going for the full move? It's not going to mean anything after you know getting 50 to 100% profit. So it's just primarily get your confirmation, check your emotions at the door. And if you can't do that, you got to find a way that you can work around yourself so you can avoid these, you know, problems that people break. Any other personal uh, rules that you live by and that you, uh, that you kind of like, almost like something you'd write on a sticky note and put on your computer that you'd want to remind yourself in the yes. morning? Yes, consistency, consistency, consistency. So I revolve my entire trading around consistency. I don't do percentage based off of my portfolio. I always have a set dollar amount um, of what I'm willing to invest in. For example, I know I'm great at day trades. I'm going to be investing the most dollar amount. For example, for me, I range between seven to 20,000 per position. So if it's a day trade, I'm going towards the 20,000, you know, depending on the market, towards the 20,000 mark. If it's let's say a lotto, you know, I'm I'm not going to pass 7,000. I'm honestly lottos I barely pass 1,000 ever. If it's a swing trade, again, 7,000, I keep it at the very lower end. That way, since I know my performance in day trades as well, I can accelerate my profit margin and since i know my swing trades aren't you know doing too hot my losses are going to consistently be smaller than my wins for day trades so just consistency in everything you do especially your play style if you find a working play style that works just trade that style i don't care if it means that you only have one setup per week then just trade that one setup per week because you know it's going to work why are you going to waste time with you know, trying to dig for other plays and trying to justify why the move is going to happen when, you know, it's not a concrete play style that you're familiar with. So just keeping everything consistent is the only thing that's going to propel newer traders into being profitable long term. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's so good. When you say consistency, could you elaborate a little bit on that, George? Like, are Okay, well, you did kind of actually with position sizing between 7 and 20K. Yeah. Yeah, it's just keeping everything the same. I I have never deviated from like my position sizing in the past year and a half. It's always been the same. And, you know, that's a lesson that I took the hard way because before I did that, you know, I would think I have a really high conviction of a play and, oh, well, I'm going to put way more than 20,000 into it. 
And of course, at the time, I didn't have a concrete play style. So that loss would just be super hefty upon me. So what kind I, of a stop loss? The position size. Go ahead. What was that? No, I was going to say, what kind of stop losses do you use? Let's say you, you have a conviction trade idea, but for whatever reason, just doesn't work. When do you know when to get out? Do you use do you use like a mental stop loss, an actual stop loss? Are you looking for a failure to hold a certain level and then you get out? Uh, again, moving averages. So I like to enter at great uh, risk to reward ratio um, entry. So I will always enter at the very start of the confirmation. Let's say I get a candle body close over a certain moving average. Okay, I'm going to enter. I'm only going to exit if this next candle is going to close right below it or like, you know, if it goes instantly back down, close right below the moving average, then I know my confirmation is off and I can get out at a 10 to 15% loss. I never use any percentages for my stop losses. And I don't, I used to use levels as my stop losses as well, but I, I noticed with weeklies that's ending up hurting me more because once those levels are breached, then you have, for example, I, if I had a call on something and then the support levels breach, a lot of times you're going to get a flush and you're going to be chasing the fill to sell and all that stuff. And you're going to end up with a minus 40%, which, you know, if you position properly, shouldn't be too bad. But I would rather take a minus 10, 15% over minus 40% any single day. So it's my stop losses are pretty much identical to my entries. So it's 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 always uh it's always a little bit you know lower than uh what other people would take stop losses at you know i mean i'm just thinking of like some common mistakes new traders will find themselves in where they they, they're overly overtly confident you know where they like know it's gonna work like it's gonna turn around and have you ever found yourself where you sold at a loss and it turned ended up to be right and how do you handle that oh yeah yeah um, uh, not well, um, not well. So, I mean, today, once that happened, I realized my emotions were running super high. So I told my members, look, I'm not going to alert anything for you guys today, just because my performance in chat. So if it's not a super high conviction, I go ahead and give these plays in chat and say, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, you can follow if you want. It's not high conviction. Don't blame me if this happens. <laughs> Funny. Um, where are you based out of? Are you in the Northeast, Southeast, West Coast? Uh, California, unfortunately. Uh-oh. So the market's, yeah, market's a bit, uh, a bit of a sleep hindrance for sure. Yeah. How, how do you like paying all those taxes? Um. Well, luckily, you know, I I have the GAA company, so I can, you know, write off a little bit. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, the amount I'm making, I have no problem paying as much needed in taxes. You know, I, I, I live a relatively like simple life. So, you know, I don't need a lot to make me happy. That's so awesome. Very, no, very That's a great actually. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to move to Texas like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Um, I'm actually trying to buy a condo in Washington, D.C. That way I can be on the East Coast and trade a little bit more comfortably. But that's a plan uh, for later in the year. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough. I lived in L.A. for for off and on for 10 years, so I know what it's like getting up at 4 a.m. 
giving yourself the, that, you know, small window of time before the market opens at six <laughs> thirty. So, you know, I usually give myself an hour to two hours pr- to prep, but I don't, I remember living in LA. I didn't have like, you, you know, when you're on the East coast, it doesn't open until nine thirty. So if you get up at six, you've got, or even earlier five, you've got, you can do your morning rituals, like go to the gym, meditate. But yeah, on the West coast, I never really, um, just immediately woke up, started looking, uh, at charts, you know, <laughs> looking for setups. So. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is for me now. Wake up and within minutes it's go time. Yeah, that's the that's the the only thing about the uh, the living on the West Coast. It's even harder if you're in Hawaii, which I had to do for only one month when I was out there. Um, yeah, getting up at uh, the market opens at three thirty a.m. over there, so. No oh, <laughs> I could never. I mean, it's Hawaii. I would love to live in Hawaii and wake up that day. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think the best time zone, though, is probably either um, East Coast or Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Either 9.30 a.m. or like 4.30, 5.30 p.m. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up, actually, was like, okay, you're a full-time day trader. Um, uh, When do you pay yourself? What what do you, you know, and and, if that's your sole income, you know, it makes you wonder, like, uh, a lot of people are trying to make this their full-time job, so... They want to know, okay, when do I take profits out? It's a catch twenty two because the bigger the bigger your account, the less risk you have to take, percentage wise, and the more substantial those returns are. But um, you do got to pay yourself because you know bills are that, that, that. A lot of people don't have multiple sources of revenue, so or income. So this is going to be their main shtick. So they you know, any 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 uh. Any comments on like when to pay yourself, how to pay yourself? Um, yeah. Actually, believe it or not, uh, I've only ever withdrawn from my account in my trading career twice. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the more money you have, the easier the stock market is. You know, like we were talking about those big well orders, you know. So me personally, I went ahead and just compounded my profits so I can better play and better manage my risk across the table and with respect to my account, of course. Um, At the end of the day, I tell my friends that want to join the stock market, you know, whatever you have invested, whatever profits you make at the end of the week, go ahead and cash them out and start from, you know, your initial investment again. But for people that have an actual, you know, a full-time job and do day trading on the side or swing trading on the side, I always recommend to keep your money in there as long as possible because, again, the more money you have, the easier it is to play the stock. Yeah, I've had some really interesting people come along and uh, be in the group. uh, And we have a group, too. And uh, this Asian guy out in California, he owned a – his family owned a winery. And he was, was like, showing uh, screenshots of, uh, of like, his his apple holding. Uh, What a great stock to hold for the last 10 years. Apple, oh, it, it just never stops paying, it seems like. Warren Buffett loves that stock as well. Um, it's interesting to see everybody's different um, styles in trading. Like this guy would, he also, you know, we have a channel in, in, in our group where any member can post trade ideas. I always find it really fascinating how some people, everybody has such a different approach to the market and making money. You know, some people will... Uh, focus only on earnings plays and 
some people will uh, look for uh, the power hour, like they'll only buy something in the last hour for a gap up or a gap down. And he would do this. He would, you know, call out a Starbucks call um, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes before the close. And he would sell it at the open and it gapped up and it was worth 200%. I didn't know how he was doing it or how he was scanning to find that. But I, I, I really liked that style. I like a morning play and an, and, 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 or, um, an opening play and a closing play. But I, I but I, I don't specialize in closing plays. I only specialize in opening plays. But yeah, I always thought that was really cool that he could do that. Yeah, actually, our current swing trade setup right now, I solely go in in the last five to ten minutes, and then we always aim to cash out the very next day. Um, just because I found that with swing trades, if you're holding through the open market, especially if you're having a well, for us, we do weeklies, even on swing trades. But again, that's because the sole purpose is to sell on the open, the next open. Uh, but I noticed, you know, if you're holding swing trades through the open market, then you're going to get chopped up in every single direction, especially currently. So, yeah, I, I really love that whole closing play uh, into the next day swing trading. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not much of an open uh, hour guy. I personally prefer in this market to trade intraday uh for the past two months all my alerts have been maybe three hours into the market open maybe four around there. once like certain levels have been established and pivots yeah yes once certain levels have been established and i have you know uh, larger candles on hourly or two hourly of course you know the higher the higher the time frame the bigger the confirmation so you know just you just need a little bit more confirmation during this market. And I personally feel for my play style, the open is not for me. But I know a lot of people in my Discord and a lot of traders on Twitter are super amazing at the open. So, you know, there's a place for uh, yeah. everyone. And if, if somebody's new starting out and they, they want they want to learn, like, what I tell people is, like, all the time, you know. I wish I told. I wish somebody who told me told me this, and they probably did, but I didn't. I didn't listen to them because when you're new, it's like you can get the best advice in the world, and unfortunately, the be- the only thing way you're going to really learn is through direct experience and through pain. I never learned anything through wins. I learned everything through losses. And even if somebody who's been a veteran trader 20 years tried to come and tell me, you know, all the mistakes not to make, I, I still made them probably a thousand times. That's just the kind of the reality of it for me anyway, maybe not for, for somebody else. I knew an no, Asian. No. I completely agree. hundred percent. Failure is the only thing that's going to teach traders how to adapt to the market or adapt their training style or change their emotional mindset. It's never the wins. You, you need to be scarred into it. Yeah. And I'm blown up. You know, I'll be honest, guys, if those are listening, uh, I've said this many times and I'll say it again. I've blown up multiple accounts in my beginning trading. I was by no means uh, a professional. I was um, in the beginning. Yeah, I blew up multiple accounts. I was the biggest sinner of trading. Uh, Gamble ERs, um, oversizing positions, uh, averaging down. Uh, it's just things you have to go through. Um, you know, what are the statistics? statistics? Only uh, 2% of actual retail traders make it. So the reality, right, the real reality is 98% of traders do not make it in this game. It is that hard. 
but it's also kind of easy, but it's hard to do something with discipline consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing about it is a lot of newer traders quit before they get to their aha moment. That's the problem. A lot of people don't understand that the majority of the traders they idolize have been, you know, testing their play styles and going through wins and losses till they got to where they are. For example, the equilibrium, he was, he, I consider him one of my mentors. He said it took him 10 years, 10 years to be profitable in the stock market and have a system that works. You know, a lot of people are going to give up after two weeks just because they don't have that instant cash that everyone's so attracted to when it comes to options. Oh, I wasn't a, it wasn't a jackpot. I'm not rich. This is a scam. You know, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Get rich quick overnight. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, who were some of your mentors early on that, that, that you would want to mention? Um, so I only have two. And uh, both of them became my mentors without even knowing. The equilibrium, he taught me everything uh, about emotional mindset. He constantly tweets emotional lessons in a very valuable account, in my opinion. Um, PDX Options is the other one. And he is just a phenomenal trader. He was the one that introduced me to the 200 moving average. And he, he personally doesn't use extended hours. So that's like kind of the thing where I saw, okay, this, this play style is calling out to me. How can I adjust it a little bit better so I can understand it and I can be a little bit more comfortable with it. So technical, oh, I, I, yeah. emotional, equilibrium. Nice. Yeah, guys, definitely follow those guys out there. If you're, if you're um, looking for some mentors on Twitter and to get some ideas and gain some, you know, insight and get some more market experience from different <coughs> sources, excuse me. Um, one thing, though, I will say is uh, try not to have too many mentors or too many follow too many people because you, you got to find somebody you really believe in and you like them. You like their style. It matches your personality, your trading and stick to them like religiously um, until you've mastered their strategy and formula down and then move on to the next guy, you know, who's maybe a, a big short guy and he loves the puts, you know, whatever, you know, just don't have too many gurus or too many mentors. Cause you're gonna, you're not going to make any progress at all. Oh you yeah. hundred percent. Indicator paralysis is a real thing. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of these members uh, who join, you know, either your group or my group, I, I'm sure you can share similar stories and this is super, they're all super guilty of doing this. I'm like, how many, uh, I'll ask them, I'll say, how many groups are you in? They're like five or six. I'm like, Jesus, man, how are you able to focus on even one? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. like, do you really need five or six groups? Like I, I look for one quality trade a day set up. The best one in my analysis. And that's it. I'm done. I don't follow anybody else. I, I, we have other pros in you know, our group and they all have their channels and I see they do very well. But it's not, you know... I, I, I'm, I, it's so easy to, for me to overtrade. That's probably my, to this day, I get temptation like left and right, you know, to overtrade, you know, I'm up on the day. Let me keep trading, you know? And then by the end of the day, I've given all profits back or even in the red. So that held me back for a long time. That helped, that held me back for a long time. Not making it part, just had to start really just forcing myself to take one trade and then pull the power to the building.
<laughs> I I don't even know what it is about it because I've never felt that way. The second I get a winning trade, I'm relieved. I don't have to do anything for the rest of the day. I don't understand people that go ahead and make a profit and they're still eager to trade some more. It's it's borderline a gambling addiction. And yeah, well, it's like yeah, you're up a thousand, two thousand, whatever, and then you're like, okay, well, I I've got a thousand to two thousand to play with because that's my buffer. So I'm already up this much. So I can keep playing and I have to stop, you know, I can take a, say you're up 2000. All right. I'll take another trade that's worth 2000 with a, uh, or 4,000 with a 50% stop loss. So way, that way I can, and then you end up losing it. Right. <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the best times to trade, I really feel like are if you're scalping, yeah, it's either intro the morning or the morning, uh, open or that closing hour, uh, or for others who are really quick in and out scalpers, you can definitely play with intra, intraday highs and lows um, with all this range we have on, on SPY. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say follow one guy. Follow one guy for a, for a little while, you know, until you get it, until you get it down. You know, the, the China, there's so many great Chinese proverbs on this. You know, don't fear the, fear the man who's done one thing a thousand, a thousand times. Do not fear the man who's done a thousand things one time. Oh, I'm going to steal that. That's a good one. That's real good. Thanks, brother. Yeah, man. I'm. We're. I'm. A, I, you know, I was in your uh, group at one point in the beginning of of uh, of uh, my career. I was. I was in your group. I was in uh, Theta Warriors group. I was in. Uh, I was in too many groups. I only can talk about this stuff, guys, because I'm guilty of it. You know, I. I know what it's like to 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 make every you know mistake in the book. You know, so. That's why we're here. That's why we get on and talk about this stuff so that you guys can really learn and, and, and assimilate and absorb this. If you hear it enough times, you know, you need a lot of that repetition. You need to hear us talking about the same concepts and, and think, philosophies and mistakes and things over and over and over until you to just get it. So hope, hopefully these, these, you're finding a lot of value here. And um, any, final, uh, any final words of wisdom, advice, GAA? Uh, where can people find you and follow you uh, who are listening on the podca- podcast? Um, my only thing to say is honestly, keep trading simple. You know, dumb down your indicators to maybe one or two. You don't, you don't need any more than that. Um, like we talked about, once you're up for the day, once you got your main play out of the way, just take the rest of the day off. Enjoy your day. The, the reason we're in the stock market is for not just financial freedom, but, you know, freedom to choose when we want to work. Don't work for the market. Don't be a slave to the market. Just get your one and done and out of the way. Awesome. And, and where can people find you on social media? Um, so I have a public Twitter, GAA Options. Um, no one needs to subscribe. Everything in my education is free of charge. The Discord link is in the public account uh, bio, just go ahead and click it, run through the educational info. I have lots of YouTube videos. I have lots of explanation of my play style so you can replicate it without even being in my group. So that's what I always suggest people. Don't, don't subscribe to my group until you at least go through the education and you understand fully. Amazing. Thank you so much, brother. George. uh, And look, uh, I'll hit you back up on, on, on Twitter, on the DMs. I, I want to collaborate on something else outside of this. We'll be sure to post this everywhere 
and share it with you on the Spotify, Apple, and then on Twitter, we'll tag you so that, you know, everybody can see, um, all of our followers can see that and, and, and subscribe and, and go check you out. But yeah, definitely going to continue this journey and I'm excited to do some big things. Right on, right on. And again, thank you so much for this opportunity. I love talking stocks with like-minded people. It's it's thank been you, a blast, thank you, George. Yeah, I'm Jake a pleasure Garrison. You he had to take off. I think he's got an exam. I told him he needs to just drop out, like you did. <laughs> Get out of the way. Hey, it's no coincidence that we were both in chemistry. That's, <laughs> that's your sign from the universe. Drop awesome. out. All right. Thanks so much for being here on Regular Investor, Jake the Stock Guy podcast. George GAA Options, guys, go check them out, please, please. Thank you guys so much for listening today to another episode of Regular Investor. We appreciate the support. We want to see you guys interacting with us on Twitter. It keeps us excited to produce amazing content for you guys. Make sure to drop a review on Spotify. Tell us how you like the podcast. On behalf of the JTSG team, we will see you in the next one.